Throughout my adult life, my focus has been on making the world a more beautiful place. Initially, I pursued this goal as a hairstylist, working on the external appearance of individuals to make them feel more beautiful. However, I wanted more, so I began to shift my focus to helping people make better choices and achieve greater beauty from within. As a transformational life coach, I specialize in helping you identify and change the limiting beliefs that may be holding you back. Join me each week as we discuss, interview, teach, and explore the fundamental principles of healthy relationships. Welcome to Conscious Conversations with Louisa. In today's episode of Conscious Conversations with Louisa, I'm speaking with Alex Love Lee. Okay, so you were saying about Grant Cardone and... Yeah, just a quick recap for people that are watching the replay. Passion is teaching, coaching, mentoring. And my vehicle is through real estate investing, making an impact in people's financial lives. That's my purpose, my calling. And the vehicle that I use, like I said, is through real estate. So I've done everything in the single family space, duplex, triplex, quadplex. And this year I upgraded and evolved into the multifamily space. So I guess I'm a multifamily syndicator by trade and a teacher, I guess, by passion. <laughs> I love it. So how does um, A Course in Miracles investment marry each other with you? Because I-, I love when you're sharing because... I've been doing hair for 25 years here, listening to people behind the chair and people make a ton of money, lose a ton of money, make a ton of money, lose a ton of money, because there's this space that is not connecting. And that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons I love listening to when you share, because you c- connect the two. So how did that show up for you? Yeah. So the course teaches us that there is two different worlds. There is a world that is you know, the course says it's heaven or it's this dream world that we live in. And the dream world is all the material things, money, cars, houses, whatever you want, you know, everything that has to do with the body identity. And there is a spiritual world, a something that connects all of us. There's no doubt that we all feel some sort of connection with other people, right? There is a frequency that is all of us is kind of tapped into. And when we can align to that, we do feel like we're living into our purpose. So the course says there's these two worlds. Now, for me, you know, the course is always reminding me that, listen, money is not the source of your happiness. You know, this deal is not the source of your abundance. So relationships are, you know, the place, you know, money is a tool, is a vehicle, is, uh, you know, I say that money is the fastest way for us to see what illusions we are making real, you know, what we're making special. And a lot of times when we're focused on the money, it makes us act in a way that is, you know, sometimes against what we, we know is right and wrong, you know? So for example, if, you know, you, you, you might lose a lot of money in this investment, you may do something that is out of what you know is right inside your heart. Right. So sometimes that's, that's, you know, we can look at what we're making special when money is involved. So when I'm constantly being reminded that my source and where I'm guided, my source of abundance, happiness, peace, all of that happiness comes from the our creator, you know, our father. And that's what the course is saying that 
our everything that all of our discomforts, all of our stresses, all of our triggers, all of our anxieties, all come from our communication, our disconnect with source itself, knowing that we're always going to be taken care of, right? If we lost the money, we still don't need to lose ourselves. If we made money, we don't have to lose ourselves. So when the focus is on the relationships in, in investing and in deals, it keeps me on track. Like I need to be in service to people because this is how I'm going to be in service to myself. This is how I find my fulfillment. Then nothing moves me. I don't waver from that. So money and deals and things like that. It just, as I serve more people, more money and more success in the deals that I do just ends up being the result of that. Now, if you're focused on the deal itself and you're pinching the money and you're figuring out how much is it in it for me, how much do I make? If you're focused on that, there is an incongruency in the expansion as a collective. And so when that happens, you're cutting off and you're creating scarcity into the space. So nothing shows up more evidently than in multifamily space when you have a group of people coming together and investing in a deal. So it's very important that the person operating at the top has is is grounded in 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 that space, you know, and really coming from, you know, I'm always thinking, how do I make more money for my partners? How do I make more money for my investors? And as I do that, the deals, you know, people, more people want to invest with me. The deals become bigger. The deals become greater, and. Uh, more money is made as a result of being in that mindset. So merging A Course in Miracles with money is just reminding me that money isn't the special thing here. The special thing is recognizing who, who it is that I am deep inside and how do we you know, communicate and relate to each other. That is fabulous. So what I'm hearing <laughs> is possibility because I have to say with the market getting so overwhelming and money being so overwhelming right now prices i'm hearing possibility because of co-collaborating and having someone who knows what they're doing being led in the right direction and even if i don't have money here yet there's a place to get in is that what i'm getting so yes in a sense when we're talking about the market in that way first of all the course also says that projection makes perception that means we're going to perceive back into the world what it is that we make real in our minds. It's not that I, I see the world and then the world is now dictating how I'm feeling inside. That's how most people are operating, which is we hear the news, we hear this, and then we find the evidence to support that. But if we look at it from a space of the, the market's always going to go up, everything's going to be fine, God's going to take care of all of us, then there isn't a time where I don't see opportunities. You know, and if you really look at this market from a perspective of this is where money is always made. Money is made when the market's on the way down, when everybody is scared. This is where the largest transfer of wealth always takes place. So you make your money on the way down. When the market comes back is when your returns are realized. So just from the interest rate perspective, if we buy something, let's say at a even 8% interest rate right now, and it cash flows and it does well, that means in a couple of years, let's say the interest rates comes back down to 6 5%, we refinance back into a loan like that. Now we capture the difference between that 8 and 5. 
So now you have even more cash flow. The value of your property goes up. And the reason why I love multifamily is because the value of your property is dictated based on how much money can be generated in this property. Single family homes, duplex, triplex, basically what Joe is selling his house down the street for is how much my house is really worth. You know, same square footage, same size, whatever. A multifamily, based on your operations, can you increase incomes? What can you do to value add to the building? Can you do some light renovation, increase the rents by 150 bucks, 200 bucks, and the bank's going to give you a new evaluation based on that. So there's things that you can do to force the appreciation, like in single family type of houses, investments in those. I think all real estate is great and it's always going to rise. You just have to wait it out and see what happens with the market. So people, you know, real estate is great because there are so many accidental millionaires, people that just bought properties, sat on it for a while. All of a sudden their property 20 years later is worth a couple million dollars. Like, man, I bought this thing for $60,000 20 years ago. Right. I mean, that's always happening. We hear that story all the time. Right. And what what's the, what's the logical thinking behind that is I wish I bought more right at that time. So the same right. exact thing's going to happen right now. 10 right. years, 20 years later. Well, I do. I, I know I have clients who have been given all the opportunities to have the right education, to have been in the right situations. And I ask them about buying a house and their answer is, I don't ever see myself being able to do that. And then there's people like my parents who came to America not speaking a word of English who have property. And it's because their intention was to do that. So mm-hmm. How could someone who right now feels, is this possible for me? What and how how could someone get their foot in the door? I think the most important thing is start to get educated. Like if you believe you can't do it, then there's nothing else we can't do about it. You're just not gonna believe you can do it and you will collect the evidence why you can't do it and why you shouldn't do it. Now, as soon as you step into maybe it is possible that I can do it and begin to explore because. You could probably, especially in the market today, sellers are going to get desperate. You know, this market is, there's really no retail investors right now that's that's even ready to buy anything. Okay. So once somebody could afford a $500,000 property, that now is 350000 is what they can buy. Right. So sellers are getting desperate, whether they ran out of time. You know, there's a lot of people that are, that are financially stuck and they were planning to have to sell and... You know, so there's lots of opportunities to be creative in today's market, which six months ago, eight months ago, if you went to a broker and said, can we do some sort of creative financing? They won't even answer you. If you're not offering above asking price, they weren't even going to answer you in that market six, eight months ago. But today, so many sellers are going to be desperate to sell. You can create win-win situations. This is the best time and the best, you know, it's really the best time to get educated because you can probably get really good deals with very little down, creating a term in which you create a win-win, that the seller gets what they want and you get what you want. It's, it's super fun to do that. We actually just did that on a 217 unit deal and I'm doing it again here in Vegas in a 30 unit deal. Like I'm just going straight to creative, creative financing. I don't even need to go through the bank, nothing like that, just with the seller. So where would we get started? Where do we... Start with education. 
I mean, first I would begin with the purple Bible, rich dad, poor dad. I think everybody that wants to get into real estate, get into financial freedom, you got to get the basics down. Robert Kiyosaki's rich dad, poor dad. I went to a conference and they asked how many people have read rich, have not read rich dad, poor dad. One person in a whole room of 900 people raised their hand. One person. So that is really the purple Bible. It's where you start. Then you go on to a second book, The Four Quadrants, which teaches you, you know, majority of the people are in the left side of the quadrant, stuck paying taxes. You're an employee or self-employed, and you're just paying the taxes. On the right side of the quadrant, you're a business owner and you're an investor, and somehow they make the most money and they pay the least amount of taxes. And no matter how much you try to tax the wealthy, they don't make any money. It's all in their business. It's all in their, in their investments. So when you when you learn this, this is so important to learn just on the tax side. Like I had a multiple six-figure income last year and I got $950 back from the IRS. Nice. So I mean, it's you gotta you gotta play in this game. And, and when we talk about investments in real estate, like this is a real thing. You can go to it, you can touch it, it's there. You know, it's not just something that just goes up, up and down. We have no idea where even. You know, what's the reason behind all of it? You know? It. Um, yeah. So, so I know I want to open it up for other people to ask questions also, but I do have one more question that I have been thinking about. So there's a property. You can either have a re regular renter or you can have an Airbnb or you could build it, rent it out to a business. Well, how would you choose for that one location, which route to take? So it's it's a hard question to answer because it depends on where you are and what you're, what's behind the reasoning. You know, if you want to make the most amount of money, it doesn't matter how much work you have to do, then go the Airbnb route. You know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be very heavily intensive on your labor on work, but you will make a higher return. Now, if you got no time to be dealing with all of that, then either you have to outsource it. You know, you can still do Airbnb, but you know, the, you're not going to do the work. You're not going to be hands-on. Your reviews might fall. So all of that, it, it depends on that part. Longer-term rentals, less work you have to do, but you still have to be a landlord. You still have to pick up a call, especially if you're doing single family all the way up to 10plex. You can't afford a property management, really, and like have somebody go and handle fixing the toilets, you know, all of that stuff that's going to always be coming up. So it's, are you, what's your time versus money? You know, that's, what's going to be, that's going to dictate which direction you choose. If you need to make a certain amount of money and you know, all right, Airbnbs, I'm going to drive it. I'm going to make, you know, save up $30,000 this year so I can invest it passively. Then you do the Airbnb. But if you already have a job and you're doing real estate on the side, you don't want your real estate to become your job as well. Well, the property exists. It's my parents' property and they're trying to figure out whether they should continue renting it, create an Airbnb because I have a girlfriend who wants to run her own Airbnbs. So maybe have her take the opportunity of running it and mm -hmm. see what that does versus because I, I like thinking outside of the box and getting creative. So it's not something I want to take on, but possible or is it the easier route? Rent so out the, somebody. Well, yeah. So does your parents want to? So I'm always about including as many people as I can. As many people in one asset can get a win from it, the better it is. You, mm -hmm. you know, so 
she can your parents if she doesn't if they don't want to do anything with the property can make a agreement with your friend you know this is what airbnb arbitrage really is she rents the price she rents the property from from them at a even a, a little bit higher rate than what the long-term rental would be let's say it's 1500 bucks for long term you can get it for 1700 bucks they get a win she gets a property that she can airbnb does all the work handle anything that's you know small things that are broken under 500 bucks she should have to handle and she runs this airbnb makes $4000 a month she gets a win your parents get a win so two people get wins in that deal and whoever is actually more people if she does a good job more people get to enjoy a nice airbnb wins across the board Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to open it up to everybody else, but I really love what you're sharing. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Who's got questions? Yeah. Anything in the real estate space, anything in terms of like where you're investing your money? Well, if you don't, <clears throat> don't have money, where do you go? What do you do? Well, I have a question because I mean, it's more of a comment. The first thing I want to, my name is David, by the way. We, hey, David. Because it was, wasn't recording earlier, David. And I live in Sherman Oaks as well. Hi, Kareen. But there was something you said regarding your approach to real estate and investing, which was very Zen. You know, it was like, and I had never thought about it that way because it's so, you know, I'm a lawyer. And in fact, when I knew you were coming on, I went out and grabbed, went out and found my 20 some odd year old real estate transactions law book right here. And I was looking at it and I realized we got in this book years ago, the only thing we didn't cover, and I don't like, I'm not pretending that I remember any of this. But the only thing that we didn't cover was at the end of the book, which was investing in real estate. We didn't get to any of that. And I wish I had because I was, I think I mentioned this to Luisa a while ago. There were a couple multifamily homes that I was going to invest in, in the late 90s, early 2000s. And for whatever reason, didn't do it. And now I'm kicking myself. So obviously, I, I, I want to educate and I do know the books that you mentioned about investing. But if you don't not, if you do not have, let's say, enough capital or what would be considered enough capital to invest? And are there ways of investing with other people and other deals when you're pooling money that would make sense in, in context with investing in multifamily homes or whatever real estate? So that's yeah. So guess. yeah. You know, like I said, the first thing is you got to get educated because you got to right. figure out in which realm do you play? There are so many pieces within real estate roles that you can play. And some of those don't require any money at all. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you get educated, you realize, wow, there are so many spaces that I can play that I can make money in and I don't have to come up with the money. But if I got the knowledge and I'm willing to put in some work and some time, I can earn some sweat equity in a deal, gotcha. you know, and I can put deals together. I got some concepts. Now, concepts are just concepts. You reinforce it by actually doing a deal and being able to practice it and play inside a deal. Mm -hmm. So it's super important, you know, getting that first deal after you learn all these things and definitely, definitely do it with someone that, you know, have the experience that you right. gel with, that you want to be around them and just mm -hmm. keep hanging around. Like, yeah, Hey, what can I, I do? I do have a lot of friends who have made, you know, seven, eight figures in, in real estate. And I'm always trying to learn from them. And I just, you know, it, it does. I like the Zen approach that you were talking about. The, the generosity of spirit in real estate and wanting to help people as opposed to just make the money and be yeah. focused on the cash. And I think that was brilliant. So thank you. Last night I had, a, I had a great speaker who was on the call 
worth $800 million of real estate under management. That's how much you know he's, he's done. And he's like, I'm doing it all by myself. And he talks about doing it all by himself. And he's like, listen, and, and somebody asked, what was the sacrifice you had to make? And he was like, it's lonely at the top. Okay. And he's lost his wife. He's mm-hmm. got like five, two friends in his life. And so my philosophy isn't that, you know, like some people are about, if you're about making the money and only focus on the money, <laughs> you see, the result is that you are now alone. So mm-hmm. was it even worth the journey? Right. And he's still, you know, this is the only thing he knows. So he's still continuing. He's like, there is no end for this. All his friends are like, is there an end to this? I mean, how much money do you need? And he just keeps going. He's like, I just want to know what I can do. But you lose all your relationships in between. Like at the end of the road, You're like what's all that important? Exactly. So I'm not, you know, my rebuttal to that is like, and, and I didn't challenge him obviously on the call because he was my guest speaker. But afterwards, I'm like, <laughs> look, I, I'm somebody that is about community. Everywhere I go, I create tribe, I create community, no different in real estate, I create community. You know, I have last night's call, there was 150, 160 people on that call. And I'm about creating the community. I'm like, I don't care about getting to the top. I care about getting somewhere and seeing how many people, how many people's lives I've impacted. Like, what will people say about me? You know, what, what's the dash in between the two on my tombstone, what's, between what's the dash, hyphen? right? Yeah. What's the hyphen, right? So there's, there's that whole thing. And so I care a lot about that and, you know, different approaches. And this is why also when you're getting educated, you got to find out the right mentors because you can pay, you cannot pay anything, watch YouTube. And there's a thousand different ways of doing real estate, thousand different mindsets, but you got to find the person that you dig. Like, who do I dig? I like this guy. I want to hang around them. There's opportunities for me when I'm hanging around and just, we call it hanging around the rim, hang around the team, hang around the deal. And I mean, if you get closer on the inner circle enough, then there's going to be an opportunity. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Kevin O. Uh, So just going back to David's thing. I don't know if you want to talk about, because he was talking about stocks and you can actually buy fractions of shares. So if you don't have enough money to buy numerous shares that are hundreds or thousands of dollars a share, you can buy fractional shares on some platforms. So something to look at. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just a whole different investment vehicle. I've played around in stocks. I've played around in, in crypto. It's just, there is too much volatility in both that I I don't like stress. I don't want to deal with stress. When I was doing crypto, I looked at my phone at least a hundred times a day, looking at if it goes up or down. I'm like, what what am I doing? It's way too stressful. I want something that is steady, that is solid, that is reliable, that, you know, some news comes out in the market, it doesn't crash my shares. And then now I'm stressed. And, you know, it's I don't like that type of stress. Like I don't like not knowing like what what is what what is dictating the drop here you know and and on top of that if i just think about the overall picture like you got let's just look at one hedge fund equity firm something like that that's selling you an investment you got the top guy getting a 20 million dollar bonus at the end of the year you got all the guys in between that make a whole bunch of bonuses and then how does an investor like where is the the money that an investor will will really make you know, that's why the that's why the returns are always so small. And then at the same time, you make some money, you have a partner. You got the government that is like, all right, you win. So let me get my 30, 40%, you know, on capital gains, or you lose and they're like, 
you know, you can write some things off on your taxes. So it, like, I've dabbled in all the different types of investments. Real estate is just what I found to be the strongest vehicle for me. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't invest in stocks. I think if you believe in a company, you invest on it long term. Buy it, hold it, don't look at it. And that's the, you know, don't day trade that thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, me, I, I get stocks. I've been investing in stocks for over 40 years. So across that 40 years, I annually make over 20% returns. Some nice. years really, really great, but on average, a little over 20%. But when it comes to real estate, I just, I mean, if, you, if you're looking at properties to rent and things like that, it's just challenging being like a landlord unless I hire someone to be like a property manager and so on, because mm -hmm. I've just hated dealing with deadbeats and so on even commercial properties sometimes people forget to pay or forget to renew their leases and that's like hey that's great you didn't want to renew your lease i talked to your competitor who's really interested in purchasing this picking up this lease and they're like oh we're renewing the lease sure it's just going to be at a 30 percent markup from last time and they're like yeah crap so, but I, I don't know. I've just, I, I've never been a big real estate guy. So what can you do to, you know, convince me to invest in, in real estate? I've never been a, a big proponent of it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. The real estate itself, if you just look at, let's say you buy a property for $100,000, it takes 20. First of all, you can leverage your $20,000 controls $100,000. So if the property goes up just from 100,000 to 120, you've doubled your money. That's a 100% return. So is it like from a property that go, that you buy for 40 $400,000, it's not that it's not that far-fetched to say, you know, next year or the year after it's going to be worth 440, right? And this is just single. We're just talking about single family. I'm not even talking about cash flow. I'm just talking about the value of the property. You put down $20,000 on a $100,000 house. As soon as it goes to $120,000, you have doubled your money. If it goes to, you know, you don't need the... So if you buy a $1,000 stock, the stock has to go to $2,000 for you to double your money. In real estate, if your property goes from $100,000 to $200,000, you've actually 500 extra money, right? So like the, the leverage part of it, plus the tax incentives... If you look at it on a whole, like multi-dimensional, not just on the cash on cash returns, it's just. I mean, I don't see anything that's greater, really. Well, but I can I can short a stock if I know that company is going to have problems. I can short it, and therefore I make. You know, it's kind of like I'm selling it and then I buy it back at a much lower price. So I can do that with a stock. I can't do that with real estate. So like right now. Commercial real estate really hasn't been hit, but now residential real estate is is starting to go down because mortgage rates are going up and they'll continue to go up a couple more times. Interest rates are going up a couple more times before the end of the year. So I don't know how to sell short in real estate. Well, you buy short. You buy while it's low. You buy while it's on its way down. And when it comes climbing back up, you realize the the returns. The whole thing about real estate is that you can leverage. 
you know, your 100K leverages a $400,000 property. Now, so that, see, what you're talking about, there's a lot of speculation involved. I speculate it's going to go down, so I'll short it. I speculate it's going to go up, so I buy it. If we do that with real estate, that's kind of what we're doing with single families, except, you know, historically, it's always, you know, climbing. Now, in commercial, when you do multifamily, larger units, things that are more than eight units, now the bank is evaluating your property based on how much income you generate. So now it's up to you to decide the value of the property. So a, a very just quick math that you would get is if you take 32 units and you increase the rents in that 32 units by $200, you've created a $1 million evaluation on your property. So if you take 64 units, increase it by 100 bucks, $1 million. 128 units by 50 bucks, a million dollars. So you see, you guys can see the rent escalations just out there right now. Like in the past couple of years, how many people, like what are the rents looking like? You know, so that is so on the on the on the multifamily side, it becomes up to the operators to lower the expense, increase the income. So that delta difference, now that's your NOI, your net operating income. So not only does your cash flow go up, but the evaluation that the banks give you is going to increase. So you can do those value adds by either going in, doing some CapEx work, doing some renovations, adding more units, you know, any of those things to increase. You can even do some cover parking, put in a laundry machine, coin laundry machine, like all sorts of things. You could be really creative. It's in your hands if you how you can increase the value of the properties. So it's a fun game. It's very creative. And I think, you know, if you want to be on that side of it, there is a space for you to play on that side. If you just want to be a passive investor, then you find a person like myself that is doing that, having success, giving great returns, and you can do that passively. But at least you can go to the property and be like, I can touch it. This is my property. You know, some things, you know, in the stock market, we just really, we're just trusting whoever is running it that they know what they're doing. All right. So it, definitely no, no, uh, you know, I think everybody's got their vehicle, whatever you are comfortable with that's where you're going to be investing whatever you have knowledge on that's where you're going to be investing so that's why i said if you want to get into real estate it's about educating yourself you know there's just a lot of opportunities everything works for people that do real estate taxes everything even inflation so do you think do you think the market's going to go up right now still with property I mean, I'd, I'd, if it doesn't matter if it keeps, if, if the interest rates keep going up, that means sellers are going to come down their prices. I do my underwriting. If the numbers make sense and we can cash flow, cash flow, the purpose of cash flow is to keep your property alive and running so that the time, the market is going to sometime turn. And with, you know, I believe with how fast information is traveling now, there will be a point where it gets too low and people just buy cash. It would be people that are big out there, that are big real estate investors, institutions that would just scoop everything up cash. And then when that happens, now all of a sudden the market comes back. This is how, I mean, if you look at big institutions, life insurance companies, where are they, where they got most of their money? They're at their, their profit, their, you know, income generating properties and assets is in real estate. That's what so, I was just going to say, Kevin, when you brought it up, and it didn't mean to interrupt, but all those banking, all those institutions, banks, huge companies, they have their money in two places, insurance companies and real estate. That's where they have their money. 
So obviously there's, you know, those are the two big income generators that are out there in the economy. And the insurance companies got their money in, in real, real estate. estate yeah. So, <laughs> so and, and so now the, the thing is, is this, you can go to your bank, right? You go to Wells Fargo and you say, Wells Fargo, I believe in your company. You guys are great. You know, can I borrow some money to buy some stocks in your company? They're going to be like, no, but you can say, Wells Fargo, can I borrow some money to go buy this property down the street? They'll gladly do that. Right. So why, why would banks want to do that too? Why would banks not even give you money to invest in their stock, but they're willing to put it in real estate? See, there's, there's a lot of pointers from institutional levels and just overall in our economy that points always to real estate. You know, From the beginning of time, it was all pointing towards real estate. It's always the people that own land, own real estate. Those are the moguls, all the big families out there. They created it through real estate. They have the best real estate. McDonald's, McDonald's ain't selling burgers as their main income. Their best, their best thing that they got going is the prime real estate that they got. So, you know, it's it's always been in real estate. All the arrows always point to real estate. Taxes, loopholes, everything is in real estate. So I don't know. Maybe that convinced you. Maybe not. I don't know. It convinced me. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's just about surrounding yourself a little bit more, a little bit more with the information. Then you make the decision yourself. You know, you'll feel like, OK, well, let's let's diversify a little bit. Let's see what I got. going. Let's see how it goes. Let's put 50K here and 50K here and let's see what happens in three years. Right. You may actually see that the real estate depreciation, the K1s that you get actually offsets the income there and can come and offset your capital gains on the stock side. So that's a whole nother, whole nother thing. I should probably bring my accountant to talk about that. <laughs> this yeah. is, it, it, it's exciting. It's slightly overwhelming for me just because it's, it's so unfamiliar, but I, again, standing behind a chair for 25 years, it's definitely what I've heard. And all of my very wealthy and successful clients have always been in real estate. So it's one of the reasons when as I've been watching you, I'm like, I've got to get Alex in here. I'm honored. Thank you. Thank you for like, it's, it's all important information because I know most of us are very curious and sometimes afraid to ask. So I knew if I shared my vulnerability of not understanding, but wanting to know, it would create a space for everybody else to get to learn together. So Jessica, yeah. what are your thoughts? And also just real quick too, yes. when, you, when you make too much money and you go to your CPA and ask your CPA what you should do, what do you think they're going to say? Go buy a house, go buy some real estate. Right? Why? Because that's where you get all of your tax write-offs too. So why not make it an investment instead of just buying a house? That's why you got all these huge millionaires and billionaires out there just buying these beachfront properties for twenty million dollars and leaving them vacant, sitting there half the year, because they just got to buy it. Otherwise, they, they either give the go government the money or they put it into a real estate property. They're almost when you make too much money, you're forced to buy real estate. <laughs> so, question actually, I thought of something. Buy a house or invest in in property that's going to make make you money. So, which one makes you more money? Owning your house and getting some of the tax write off, or investing in property and having that make you money and renting a house? So, I'll tell you right now. First of all, investments has the big, biggest tax write offs. Okay, all of it is in the investment side. 
Now, if you read the Purple Bible, the Rich Dad Poor Dad, they talk about assets versus liabilities. Assets will put money into your pocket. Liabilities will take it out. So if you had to buy a house that you're living in, is there money coming in every month in your pocket or is there money that goes out of your pocket? That's a very simple asset versus liability from the Rich Dad Poor Dad book. Ouch. Yeah. So also another thing, banks, when they look at your how they qualify you for mortgages, your DTI, debt to income ratio, you pick up a house. Now you have an extra $1,500, $2,000 going out of your bank on the debt side. If you purchase an investment property, it adds to your income side. They'll take 75% of the income and add it to that side. It gives you the ability to buy more. So if you buy an investment property, you can you have no problem being able to buy another one, buy another one. If you buy your own house, you might be stuck and you might not be able to buy anything else. So I rent where I live and I own what I rent. I love that. Hold on, I want to see. I see Nikki had a question down here. Can you write off taxes as passive investor in real estate? Yep. So if you invest, let's say you invest $100,000 in our deal, what we do is we do a cost segregation. So in any deal, okay, let's say you buy a house. You buy a house for $275,000. Every year, you're allowed to depreciate the entire asset, your house, over the course of 27 and a half years. So every year, you can write $10,000 against the income of that asset. So if you have a $9,000 a month a year income from that property, you actually, at the end of the year, show a $1,000 loss, which carries on to your next year. You can offset that against your other capital gains. You invest into a passively into our deal. We run a cost segregation, which pushes the entire 27 and a half years to the first five years. And so you may get, let's say you invest 100K, you may only get $6,000 in cash flow that year, but you're going to get a K1 that says you've your loss on this property is $65,000. So now against the $6,000 income, you also have a loss of $59,000. So if you made $59,000 somewhere else, now you can offset that against that. So yes, we the, the cost segregation, the tax depreciation, when you invest passively into a deal, it comes off and goes to you. Like everybody gets a K-1 at the end of the year. You're welcome. Jessica. I think I think Glenn's had a question. Oh, Glenn. You, you may you may have to, you may have to raise the 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 emoji hand. I kind of can can't find it, but anyway, I did I did it like this. I saw. So, Alex, I have a question. Well, actually, before I, I, I ask the question, I, I wanted to comment on um, a couple of years ago. I, I came across this statement: "You can be super rich and super zen." And I was always trying to kind of put the two together, figure out how it works, and. You, Alex, are the living example of how it how it all works. So you said it's used this this famous phrase. It's lonely at the top, and I think it was Tony Robbins, one of the big names, who said, "If if you're lonely, if you made it all the way to the top and it's lonely at the top, then you you've done it wrong. You have to have people. You have to have friends. You have to have some kind of influence." So. I'm totally on the same page with you when you said, you know, it's 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 a money and it's a friendship and it's a people. So super. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thanks. My question, my question to someone <clears throat> from someone who just getting trying to get started with the real estate, to someone with experience, 
I'm thinking about buying buying property, my first property, and uh, shortly second property. Should I buy them in in the area where I live? Do you see it as a challenge if if properties are kind of distributed, scattered, in terms of you know maintenance? If issues come up, what's what would you advise? What what is your what was your journey? How did you did you did you buy the all in one town, in one city, in one state, or what, what, where, your, where do where do you live? Where do you live? New York, New York City. New York. Okay, so I would never buy anything in New York. I don't. I don't want to buy anything in a blue state. Okay, not for political reasons, but just because they are tenant friendly. Okay, that's the first thing. I don't even want to deal with a tenant being stuck. I mean, I've heard stories of tenants being stuck somewhere for three years. I mean, what that is the the, the nightmare of nightmares. Okay, for someone that's a landlord. Okay, now that also comes down to because you don't have enough units. You have one unit, and if you have that one unit bust out, you're a hundred percent vacant. You know, so now I see like if I was to start over, I would never do any single family. I would never do anything small. I would go straight into multifamily, learn as much as I can about it. How do I play in this realm? How do I invest into this realm? Because I don't want to. If I'm a new, if I'm a new person investing. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to go and buy a property and, and make all the mistakes that I wouldn't even have to make if I had the right teacher, right mentor, right knowledge behind me. Right. So many people just want to go through the fire themselves. They're like, this is how you learn. Okay. But <laughs> it's not the only way to learn. Right. I mean, being being handheld through a property without making some of the costly mistakes, I gladly give up half of what I would make to, to not make those mistakes. You know, so if I was to give anybody advice, I would say, don't start small. All right. You can start big right away and uh, you just got to learn. And in the next six months, 12 months, I think if you prioritize learning and surrounding yourself with the right people, being in the right places and just getting your feet wet and being in the first deal somehow, I think that's going to open your mind and open your eyes to the way that institutions play the game. That banks play the game, right? So I would not buy anything in New York. And even though it's in your backyard, I do think buying in your backyard is a good place to start. Don't buy one unit. I wouldn't even buy in any blue states. This is why if you, once you also in multifamily forces you to network, you got to network. I mean, now our team is all over. I have, I have properties in Georgia, 200 and something amount of units in Georgia now. We have a 217-unit storage and warehouse in Fort Pierce that we're closing on, 40 units in Houston. But this all is just like it's in partnerships, you know? So I would I would get to partnerships as soon as you can because it allows you to go further. It allows you to have more opportunities. You know, you do a deal by yourself. It's just you and yourself. There's nothing else going on. You do a deal with five other people. Now, opportunities open up elsewhere, right? Even though you may not, I, I, I don't want 100% of a grape. I want 10% of a watermelon, mm-hmm. okay? The equity is the same, but I'm, I, I'm cooler as well. I go to a network meeting event. Do you think it sounds better to say I have a 220-unit apartment or I have a single family in New York, right. you know? So everything across the board is just like if you got bigger, you got more teammates, you got more partners, just makes you more interesting as well. 
And again, it's not about the popularity. It's not about the ego part of it. It's about giving you the opportunity to connect with more people, get more attention so that you can share who it is that you are. And all of us have a gift inside that we got to share, right? We all have a message. I can talk about money, finance, spirituality all day. Jesus can freaking walk into the room and some of you guys and people might not hear us or hear Jesus, but you say something, all of a sudden you catch someone's attention, you know? So, yeah. Cool. Alex, you said, you said you, you big on like educating people and the sharing your knowledge. Do, is there a way to find you? Do you coach? Do you teach? Yes. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Alex Lovely. I have a free Monday night webinar, a uh, Zoom basically on my Instagram. Oh, there it is. Nick, my, my sixth. So look, I'm always about mentoring and coaching. Nick is 16 years old. He's been hanging with me for the last four months, helping me with social media, all these things, no money. He's got no money. And he's in a 174 unit deal with me. I gave him some pieces of my share. The 217 unit in Fort Pierce that we're closing, he's also getting a piece of that. So if a 16-year-old can do it, there's no, no reason why anybody should have any excuses about being in real estate. If yeah. you have money, it's going to go faster. You're going to get there faster. You're going to do more faster. If you pay for mentorship, pay for masterminds, surround yourself with the right people even faster. This year alone, I've paid $95,000 in masterminds and courses. And I went from 12 units to 900 units. So like pay for speed. That's what I say. So yeah, I have, I, I offer free things. Monday night is free. I always bring great speakers on there. Thursday night is if you want to go a little bit deeper, I teach underwriting, how to speak to brokers, everything that leads up to getting a contract on a deal. And then, you know, I recently started a group mentorship program that is the journey to general partnership. How do you become a general partner? So all the A to Zs. And then at the end of that, I put you in a deal with me and uh, you learn in there. That's the classroom. Super. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Love it. Fatima was asking, does it make it easier to have a real estate license to do a multifamily or I guess any? Uh, I mean, so... I don't know if it will make it easier. Now, being a realtor, being a broker, you're still just on the employer, employee, self-employed side. So your thinking will still be see when when I when I think about broker or realtor, like I always make sure they get paid. But if you think about working with a broker and a realtor, there is a part of them that just wants to sell you the deal. They want you to close on the deal because they're going to get paid. Right. So there is a bias towards, yeah, buy this deal, you know, buy this house. This is a nice house. Buy this house. It's not always in the best of your, in, in your, in your best interest, you know, because if you're going to look at a hundred houses, now their commission is no longer worth the time that they put in. All right. So uh, on some level, it might take away, but if you want to start to learn, you could, that could surround you with some people that, I don't know. I don't really know the answer to that because I'm not a broker. I'm not a realtor. I don't have my license. I'm not interested in getting one. So I don't actually know the answer to that. You know, I kind of like the fact that you can walk in and start making money, not needing a license, you know, yeah. just educate ourselves and really be around the right people and 
I am super excited to see what Nick is doing with you. And you can tell he's a computer whiz and a technology genius, which is fantastic. Also, everything that he put down here, if we just click on the bottom three dots, it saves the entire chat. So that will have everybody not have to spend all their time doing one at a time, just save the entire <laughs> chat by getting the bottom three. Good job, click. Nick. Yeah, if you go on my Instagram, it's all the all these links are in the bio as well. So, so before I start working with Nick, I have 500 followers on Instagram, and uh, if you look at the beginning videos of what I posted versus since Nick has joined my team, and uh, just look at what it looks like now, and we're closing in on 10,000 followers. This is I don't know a five month, four month journey, and I've raised 1.2 million dollars on Instagram. So. Last night, we had a conversation with one of the speakers. And one of the things he says is, if you are not on social media, if you don't exist in here, you don't really exist. And I thought that was funny. It's true. I always feel like the minute I become friends on Facebook with someone, I'm like, it's now official. We're friends. It's official. When it's you say that you're in a relationship on Facebook, it's now official. <laughs> exactly. Karina, I saw that you had your hand up in Yes. And sorry, I pressed the button. I lost contact. So I have a couple of clients who are real estate people and they're actually really successful. So how, what kind of questions can I be asking them to Cause I do want to invest in real estate. What like to pick their brain to, to get their knowledge. What, what should I be asking them as to their advice? Well, first you can say, if I invest my money with you, what type of returns would I be looking at? What kind of things are you buying, right? So if they're buying, like based on what I'm saying, if they're buying single family homes, duplex, triplex, it's a lot of risk. And also, well, not that it's a lot of risk, but there's just not enough meat on the bones where they will feel like they need to get what they put in, you know, their work. So I don't know. I don't know what that will look like, but how do they, what, 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 what determines success, right? Like for me, the determination of success is how many uncomfortable moments I had to go through. And this year, like I jumped through the fire many, many times. And, uh, and then how many people am I impacting, right? How many people have you made money for? Like, that's another question. Okay. So if you're really successful, do you have referrals of people that have been successful with you, right? Like how, how do people, if you're, if I'm going to invest with you, Give me some referrals. Give me some referrals of some people that are successful with you. Gotcha. Yeah. Like when I got when I got started with partnering, it all was word of mouth because I've made my investors so much money. They told somebody else, somebody told somebody else, and it just kept. And now, I, and then I had too many people investing, wanting to invest. So I had to naturally evolve into multifamily. And so multifamily is kind of the same thing. Just more doors, more zeros, more fun. So it's not about paying off a property. It's about leveraging properties, right? And also it's about how fast you get the money back. So like I gave the example before, you go from $100,000 on a property, you only put 20,000 into it. That property goes up to 150K. You go for a cash out refi. They give you your initial investment back as a check, as the tax-free check. And now you also have double the equity in the deal. So that's like 100% returns. Now you got no money in the deal. So I have multiple properties that I've done full cash outs. I've cashed out the entire, I put $125,000 in. I've gotten the 125000 out multiple times. 
Like this property is still cash flowing. I have no money invested in this property at all. Like I've gotten, this is all infinite returns, right? So, and I'm still getting tax write-offs. All of that money that I got from the, from the bank, from the cash out refi was tax free. So I, you know, it's just hard for me to be convinced. You know, I've been around investing in all this game for so long and I, I'm young, but I've been around for a long time and I'm always paying for speed. So I learn it really quick. I get around the, the best people in it. Who's doing the best? Okay. Grant Cardone's doing the biggest right now. All right. How much is your mastermind? $30,000. All right. Let me in. I pay for speed. You know, if, if somebody, you know, when I was 18, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, what did I do as the next thing? I paid only $10,000 I had. I had to borrow some of that money and I joined Rich Dad, Poor Dad's personal coaching program. And I've never held a W-2 job because of that book, because of that program. Right. Now, now when I opened the rest, two restaurants, I leveraged my house and I opened two restaurants. I lost my shirt. I ended up losing the restaurant, got my card repoed, you know, got lost my house. I was living, that's when I moved to Florida. I was living in like a, uh, uh, a 350 square foot like utility closet with my dog you know it was literally the bed came down and it was in the kitchen the murphy bed came down and i'm in the kitchen so that's how i was living and that was seven years ago but because of my knowledge in real estate i had a 420 credit score four hundred thousand dollars in debt and because of learning because of knowledge because of what i knew i came back with a vengeance you know, I was like, I'm never going to make that mistake again. I know what it's like to not be able to pay for my electric bill. And like, it was a duty. It was a duty for me to get out of that. And I noticed people are in the same place. And I'm like, now it's my duty because I see it. I got to do something about it. And so it's not about creating financial freedom for myself. I can stop right now, everything I'm doing, live anywhere in the world, Net worth grows, income grows every year. I don't even need to do anything. But I can't make an impact in people's lives unless I do this, you know, unless I speak, unless I do bigger deals. And so I can go, if I wanted to, go to a, a, a village in Peru and get water over there or whatever, you know, any big difference I want to make, I can go and make it. Yeah. So, yeah. so I actually want to touch on how did you find yourself in gratitude and how I, I didn't know your story. And I actually don't think I really know your story. So how did you find yourself into those rooms where I got to meet you in? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, Chris DeSanti, one of the trainers in gratitude, longtime friend of mine, we did a multi-level marketing company together. We both were very successful in there. I learned to sell. That's when I started becoming a conference and seminar junkie, you know, because there was just so much that you learn there, so much limiting beliefs that you get to throw away in those conferences. You come back with so much hype to take on the world. We did that for a while. Then the company, you know, like like most MLM companies, it goes crashing, burning. But I took away all these things I learned, you know, and then I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't want to do gratitude training for a while because Chris was like, you know, he was my upline and, and, you know, I trusted him in this company and it all came crashing down. He just bounced and he went to become a trainer and gratitude. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And then finally my dog passed away and I was in a very low place in my life. My restaurant was going to shit. And he was like, 
I'll pay for your ticket. I'll pay for your flight. Calm down. Just, just come with me for the weekend. And from there on, I was, I was hooked. Personal development is a really big part. Transformational training is, is important. You know, like I will carry that with me everywhere I go in all of my trainings, all of my mentorships, I bring personal development into it. All of my coaching mentoring. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in your, my experience of you is it's all in the way you show up. It's, it's, you're so, you have this Zen-ness to you and, and it's this experience of just knowing that you're easy to trust, easy to be with. And I know that you've absolutely made a huge impact in my life. Cause I remember talking to you downstairs and sharing my, what I got out of that one night. And he said, I, I invite you to go upstairs and maybe share about it. And I went upstairs for the first time and actually touched a microphone in the middle of everybody. And I thought the ground was going to open up and I thought I was very <laughs> close to dying. And it really just went from, I didn't die to, oh my God, I love this. And it's amazing how, when we show up to moments of our life, how it changes everything and how you showed up for me downstairs that morning too. And then Jessica being one of the head coaches in life-changing moments. And it's amazing because like it started off just, you know, hosting meditations in the morning to, and giving to back to each other every morning to me going, Hey, let's host a mastermind and let's have a blast with it every other Tuesday. And most of everyone who's here right now is on every other Tuesday and we all get to grow together and continue learning together and have hot flashes of like, Oh my God, I don't understand real estate, but Alex is a safe one to ask. And we, it's a great place to feel safe to go. Oh, this is an avenue we get to learn from as opposed to be so uncomfortable that I thought I was for sure never going to touch a microphone, but secretly it was everything I wanted. Yeah. I think for majority of the people, this, the voice chakra, the part of the voice that, you know, the sharing of our, like what we believe, like being vulnerable you know, we were like afraid. We somehow, somewhere along the way, somebody stopped us from sharing, right? So we we're we're not like we don't want to share, but in sharing, you start creating, and the creation part of it is like magic. You know, all of a sudden, somebody else's life get touched. I mean, just my, by me opening my voice and sharing with you to open your voice, this is created. You know, it's just the part of the creation that we all get to be a part of. And we never know when we speak whose life, whose life will be touched. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I'm always like, I don't want to withhold. I'm not going to withhold. I'm going to share. I'm going to share. If you don't like me, that's cool. You'll like me another time. You don't have to like me now. You know, like when you know who I, who I really am, like I, I'm grounded by knowing that God's source has got my back. You know, so I'm not doing anything that is out of my own alignment. And, uh, you know, it's always like honesty, integrity is nothing will shift it. Nothing will move me from that. So right. awesome. Okay. Now I'm going to say something. First of all, I'm like, hello, 40 sheesh, ML 40 sheesh in the house. <laughs> right? Coogan's hiding there. 
Louisa, I remember that day when you picked up that mic, all right, and a very proud moment for all of us. And uh, Captain Alex, you know, he's the one that the reason why we were all there and we all committed to him because we already knew who Alex was. And and I'm I'm here uh, because of Alex, you know, because uh, he was one of uh, he was one of my coaches when I was when going through the gratitude process, and he was he was like he is right now, straight up. You know, the direct always integrity, and we called them used to call him Captain Neutral. And the, the first uh, and the first encounter with him was not that great. You know, he really he, he he pretty much told me about myself, and he opened my eyes to how I was showing up in the world. And I'm here basically. I'm, I'm now I'm his his groupie. You know, I, I knew him when he first started. When he first started with his his real estate stuff and everything, and and I knew he was super super smart, and he probably was going to be very successful. And and just in these past few months, I've seen how he's just kicked it up to like a whole nother level, to the point that I I had an opportunity. I I saw that he was doing very well. And I went, I, I went on pure faith with him and, and there are many ways, and I'm sure he'll tell you many different ways of being able to invest without, you know, having, you know, not just money, but I invested with him and now I'm trying to find the, the find out about like you guys are, find out what it's all about. But the, the main thing, what he promotes his team and the main thing is to find, uh, learn you know, pay to, to learn and team, find a good team that you, you know, people that you trust, know, like, and trust and do business with them. You know, if you have a gut feeling that it's no, it doesn't feel, if it doesn't feel good, walk away, walk away from the deal. But Alex is all that and a pack of gum. I'm his, his groupie. I follow him and stalk him on all his masterminds. And if he's teaching, I'm, I'm there learning. He's, he's that good. And, and, and he's for real. He's for real. He's really <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're always got to get some groupies in your life, guys. <laughs> Thank you, though. Thank it you. I appreciate awesome. all the kind words. Thank you. Yeah. I'm uh, one of my philosophies. And if it ain't fun, don't do it. If it ain't fun, don't do it. If you're going to be scared, don't do it. You know, have fun. Have fun while you're doing it. Enjoy. Make this dream life. Make this life a happy dream. Don't make it a scared, you know, scary, guilty, you know, dream. It's, That's it's, a whole new fun. mindset altogether, though. I used to literally not want to do any of this because I was so scared of like, what if I didn't know how to get myself out of the situation? Like it's it, I, my mindset honestly was if I can't get myself out, I don't want to get myself in. And I literally had to go, well, there's a good chance I'm going to end up in some type of something at one point in my life. The only way to get out is to get educated. And so there is no avoiding an oops. Life does happen. So the only way out at this point that has helped me is just be around the right people, continue getting educated. And that's the best possible way of making it safely from one day to the other, as safe as I can. Hmm. And, and you're shining, you're shining bright. Yeah. And you were so good with those meditations, man. We did those for a long time. That we did. I love them. I, that, you know, it was so crazy because it was more as much for me, a 100% obviously, as it was for everybody. And Nikki was in there. Yeah. Coogan was in there. You were in there. We were Coog, like, Coogan was on, was on there sometimes. Coogs. Oh yeah. Coogan and I connect, are always still connecting. And that's the thing. It's like, we, we build these relationships and 
we do continue growing together. And if it wasn't for the moment that I had with you, Alex, and I don't know if you remember this one part where you actually had to walk up to me and ask me if I remember my, why I was doing this. Cause I was throwing a monstrous fit and I, <laughs> I thought I never threw tantrums and I thought I never throw fits. And I was not just throwing a fit. I was laying in the chair. I was pissed. <laughs> and the next morning I was like, Oh, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't remember that, but I'm glad. I'm glad it made an impact. Oh, you walked over and you were like, "Do you remember what your commitment was?" And I was like, <laughs> "Not in this moment. <laughs> Not in this moment. Right that's now. Why, that's why I'm everything. laying here. <laughs> that's why we call him the King of Neutral because he he didn't care about your fits. He was still he stayed neutral and then didn't phase him. <laughs> it was. And then I saw Millie on Sunday. I got to have lunch with Millie on Sunday. And I remember her looking over at me and going, and here's the namaste bitch. And I was like, (laughs) that's awesome. So I definitely made my rounds in there. I, if anyone has not done transformational work, it is by far life-changing. And what I love about it is everybody comes into the rooms, not even wanting to sit anywhere near each other. They put the chairs really tight to each other. And I'm like, (laughs) you need to be that close to me. And I'm like the nicest person in the world, but don't want anyone that close to me. And all of a sudden at the end, we're all like, I love you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's in, it's in community when we're in community and we're in the collective that we find our purpose, you know, how we shine when people are supporting our voice and what we're saying, this is when it gives us confidence, right? You always want to be building your tribe. You always want to be building your winning circle around you, people that are cheering you on so that when you are afraid and when you forget your commitments, they will remind you. So super important, like who you surround yourself with. Like as people are people, you know, they don't believe in what you're doing. Are they naysayers about everything? If you surround yourself with naysayers, you're going to be a naysayer. If people are smoking cigarettes around you, you're going to start smoking cigarettes. If everybody goes to the gym around you, you're going to start going to the gym. So like it just, that's, that's one thing you got to build your tribe, you know, build your tribe, build your community. And when we can, when we can see a collective vision together and everybody can align themselves to the collective vision, like there is nothing more beautiful than a group of people. This is what a mastermind is A, a group of people coming together with very similar or same goals, like here, if everybody can align to a same goal and we all go after it together, it's going to be so beautiful to be on the journey together. You know, like I know, I know your goals, you know, my goals, how do I help you? And then how do you help me? You know, and we just, we, we find that. So these masterminds are great. And I'm glad that you created a little community for yourself. I'll definitely spend more Tuesday nights here for sure. I think I it's I think it's super cool. Yeah, just seeing you and just having this conversation. I mean, I, I I'm having a blast. Thank you. I actually would love to say hi to Nick. So I have a 16 year old son, and I love that you're on here. And my son said to me before we hopped on because I told him that I was gonna be asking you a question. He he said, make sure you ask every question you can, and I want to hear all about it after. I was like, why don't you participate? And I and then Nick is on here. I was like, oh, I wish my son was on here. So real quick too, before my call on Monday night, so 7 p.m. is when the mastermind starts, 6.30 to 7 is a space all for teens, like 16-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 22-year-olds, they're all, I mean, I still, I guess 22-year-olds are still teens, but any all of them, young adults, are all, that's a space for them. 
you know, and, and I, I'm partnering with somebody right now that is that has been rescuing like young, young girls that are in sex trafficking, like being, you know, in, in that space. And so I'm like, all right, I want to create this. This is a space also for them, you know, that they can see there's another way out. They don't have to do those things, you know, because, right. the, you know, where it starts is it starts on when they're middle schoolers and they're on this app called owning fans or fans only something like that. And it leads from the predators from finding them and they end up like figuring out, they just got to sell their bodies or whatever to, to get likes or to get money. I don't know how that whole thing works, but you know, I'm going to start flying around and, and speaking at these, at these places. And I want to create a place, a platform, you know, a space where they can come and they can learn that there's another alternative. You know, I'll offer anything that I can for free. You know, if I can make an impact in that place, it'd be awesome. Absolutely. And the book that we just launched, all of the proceeds went to actually, I think it was in Iran, they were selling children and it was $200 a child. And he spent all the money we made in the books purchasing, I can't, 32 children at $200 each. And then they lowered the price to a hundred and he purchased even more and brought them back to America and like saved these little girls. Yeah, that's the somebody was telling me same thing. They were going to India and buying these girls back for a hundred bucks, and I'm like a hundred bucks. Like, where do I contribute? You know, like I want to make an impact here too. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's why there really isn't like an end goal for me. It's just like making impacts in places I can. The bigger I get the more people will come to me asking for help about things. And then I can, I can support, you know, and then I got people on my team that can also support. And so, yeah, making a difference in the world that way, Absolutely. whatever I can do. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead, Nick, interview Nick. Hi, Nick, Nick. Is great. And where what sure. part of the world are you in it, Nick? Where are you from? I, I'm from New Jersey. So New East Jersey. coast time. How awesome. And how did you meet Alex? How, how, so, so Alex, you know, you know, my dad's cousin. So Chris, I guess my, my family kind of knew Alex like from a long time ago. And my dad and my aunt had a podcast. They still do. And I mean, I used to produce like the entire thing for them. And they invited Alex on the podcast to get interviewed. And so I was there and Alex mentioned that he wanted to start a social media and need some help with it. So we, we got on a call and he offered me like $5,000 a month to freelance it. And he would pay me to, to do his social media or we could become partners on a company and he would like teach me about real estate and I could invest. And obviously I picked the second option because it was the better deal. And here we are like five months later. It's been crazy. I, if you asked me if I would be here seven months ago, I would, I would not believe you. So it's been awesome. And he's like a little star at all these conferences too. Like he he yeah. inspires a lot of adults at these conferences because he's 16 and he's making moves. Everyone's and, do, and, and doing his gym homework at the same time. Everyone's like, if I was 16 years old and I came to one of these conferences, I'd be like Grant Carta. I was like, yeah, it is so that's true. the goal. I love this so much. And you know what I love is I I do go to a lot of these conferences. And every time I see the young ones, my favorite thing to tell them is you have no idea how much every adult in here wants to help you. You know, 
adults in there want to help each other, but they're not as inspired as wanting to help you. So here's your ultimate opportunity to just soak in everybody's contribution because they're all committed to making a difference in your life. Thank you. Like yeah. Every one of us, we see a young one and we're like, oh, this is the, this is our future. This is our like lifeline that we get to pour into. Thank you. Yeah. No, there's been so much support. It's been awesome. And I've met so many people from all the conferences and even from Alex's masterminds. It's, it's been awesome. He's going to be running it November 14th. I'll be on a flight. He's going to yeah. be running, running big a big day. conference. Big, 140 big people. The pressure's on. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Nick, don't, don't sell yourself short because I mean, you have a level of maturity that most 16 year olds do not have. And, 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 a, and, and, and a desire burning desire that most 16 year olds don't have. I mean, what was it? Wasn't it a couple of weeks ago? He was like rubbing elbows with a billionaire. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, got the I think you got a selfie, right? You got a selfie there. Yeah, hold on. I'll pull it I up. Mean, I'll pull it. 16 years old. This guy's got a selfie with a billionaire. I mean, that's the, that's the kind of people that he surrounds himself with. What do you think it's going to be? His life is going to be 10, 15 years from now. Forget about it. It's going to be his name all over the, all the real estate in, uh, in this country. And the funny thing is, you know, we talk about like vision board and everything. We've gone a step further that he's literally like every couple days, he would do a presentation. So that's a billionaire at the last conference. That's me. Yeah. So he would do a presentation on a G600 or whatever, some kind G700. of jet. G700. <laughs> so he is just about getting this jet. I'm like, make a vision board. It's just a freaking G700 or a jet. <laughs> and he's doing presentations like to us about, you know, this is the jet, this is the cockpit, this is how you fly it, this and that. I mean, it's hilarious, but it's yeah. just so great. Like this is manifestation, like calling it forth, like on another level. And we're just sitting here watching him give us a presentation on a jet. And yeah. so, awesome. so last week I, for school, I got to go visit a Bombardier private jet for CBS. And it was really cool. I got to sit in the cockpit. So that's it. It's huge. And I think I want that. <laughs> I think I want that. So like a couple of hours ago, he was giving us a presentation on the new Bombardier 7,000 or whatever. Global 8,000. Global 8,000. <laughs> yeah. He looked it up too. Okay. How much it's going to cost to have a garage, to have a hangar and all. He just gave us a whole presentation. We're like, awesome. Even how far it flies, where we're going. That he gave us a presentation on the private island that he wants to buy. It's it's amazing. I mean, I wish when I was 16, I was chasing girls, smoking weed, and playing basketball. That's it. And failing out of school. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that's any weird. Of that. I was doing the same thing. <laughs> I know. I still gotta go to school, unfortunately. But a year and a half, year and a half. You got this. I my son was talking about he just got a job, he's making sandwiches, and he said this trading time for money isn't working for me literally he's had a job for two months and he's telling me trading time for money is not working i it's actually funny because my mom was like you got to get a job this year you're gonna have a car next year and i was like okay okay but i like i never wanted to work like a normal job like all my friends work at restaurants and they're like busing tables and cleaning and i'm like yeah i don't want to do that so the perfect opportunity came when i got to work with alex and that you're gonna awesome. make and you're gonna make more money this year, and your net worth is growing way higher than all. And of then them. you're gonna buy a restaurant that did better than Alex's restaurant. And you're never gonna never gonna flip a burger. Never gonna flip a burger. Don't do anything in the restaurant business. <laughs> no. don't, 
Okay. So, okay. I got yeah. I got trauma I got trauma around it. I don't want anybody to go through it. <laughs> All right, no take it, no take it. I wasn't yeah. planning on it. We'll just I'll eat buy someone else's restaurant. Yeah. 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 I'll buy the plane first and then I'll eat on the plane. Yeah, you and my son definitely would make friends. He said he's going to buy a yacht. And I said, really? And he goes, and how we're going to land on it? And how my plane's going to just come and land on it, his helicopter. And I was like, well, I hope you make a lot of money. Yeah, that's uh, our to list. Plane, I think this is, I think this is great. <laughs> yeah. I think on, on, the, on, the, on the team calls, we're going to just have presentations of just really, really high-end, crazy dreams. And then we'll kind of back into how do we get there? <laughs> I think it's fabulous. Honestly, I was, I had started a kid's mastermind with a kid who was speaking at an event I was at. First of all, I had no idea he was 17 years old and he was teaching the kids that I had brought into the mastermind about metaverse and building out things and buying land and all of the fun stuff. And I unfortunately couldn't keep the momentum going with enough kids interested. So he dropped out, but I would love to introduce him to you guys because the kid's brilliant. Sure, oh, let's yeah. do it. That's so cool. Yeah, his I know. That is my Evans. He's an entrepreneur in crypto. He's amazing. That's cool. Yeah, let's let's do it. I mean, you know, the, it's it's hard to keep a teen mastermind going. You know, like yeah. It, it, at some point, we had like twelve. Then we had like ten. Then we had now we're like I got four. You know, but. I'm just like, I have fun in there, so I don't really care. You know, like Nick is in there. We'll just, if nobody's in, there's always this other kid in there who's great. I love it. So, you know, if it's just the three of us, the three of us. And then all the adults come in here and they're trying to get some, learn some things. They're like, man, I wish I could get my kid in here. And everyone's trying to get their kids in there. It's hard to do it. It is. I, I, I tell my friends all the time and they're like, whatever. Just, just try it once just try it once and they're like nah i'm good i'd rather play games i'm like okay that, i'm gonna send what... you the zoom link of that the recording of that alex i'd love for you to check it out of the, of the yeah, kid, yeah. and i'd love to introduce you guys yeah let's do it that's cool i actually introduced him to my friend jeff hoffman who happens to be a billionaire i know and Ooh. they're they're fun to connect to i was you know all of these Hanging out with everybody hooks you up with a lot of very, very successful people. And yeah, they're everywhere. I would love to have him on my call. Jeff Hoffman? Yeah. Yeah. He'll be a first billionaire to speak on that call. We've been trying to get Grant, but I got to get bigger. I, so my intention is to have Jeff Hoffman and Alex Stern on my calls. And they're both super. And you know what? Again, what I said to Nick is, they're so willing to contribute because of who they are that, you know, to become friends with him, I, I was like, oh my God. But then I realized he's so unbelievably generous because he of who he is and the difference he makes. Mm -hmm. Well, he's, he's, inc he's incredibly successful because he's incredibly generous. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so very much tonight. Does everybody feel like they had huge takeaways tonight? Huge. I hope so. If not, I'm going to have to come back in here. <laughs> well, you're coming back in you're here. I'm coming here away. either way. I'm coming. I'm coming. Thank you again. I know you had this, Lisa, every two, two, every two Tuesdays. Now I got to add this to my list. I didn't even know you had this. I have I this. And uh, by the way, our next week speak next time, which is the following, not this coming Tuesday, the following one is going to be awesome too. So I have finally learned something super awesome in my life is to plan ahead 
So I don't panic of like last minute stuff. And I've got most of the speakers already set up that everyone's ready to go. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Next, next, uh, next week is Halloween, but the next, so the se seventh, seventh on the, on the, on Monday, eighth, let me see the seventh, it's, it's the seventh. So I'm having an old friend of mine speak on my call and she is the queen of podcasts Okay, she produces all the big podcasts. She is like number one in LinkedIn. These billionaires pay her $10,000 a month to manage LinkedIn. So she's going to do a presentation on LinkedIn on the 7th nice. and social media. She like Bradley, these big guys in, in, in podcasts, she makes them, she dwarfs them. Is that the word? She, yeah. So we've chat. Love this. So we all get to continue growing and learning with each other and raising our tribe and our bank account. Let's do it. Good night.